God bless you all. Y'all ready to be uh, challenged today? Um, Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for the excitement here this morning. Uh, Lord, I pray you encourage people in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, two things, two things. I want to welcome my, my high school friend, Jill. Everyone say hi to Jill. Amen. And uh, actually, junior high. And also, say hi to someone next to you real quick. Give them a high five, a hug, or something like that. Okay, let's get our Bibles out. Let's get our Bibles out, get our lesson plan out. On the count of three, if you, if you are new, we, we lift our Bibles up and say word. On the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. word. One more time. Turn, uh, turn, turn, turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And um, I know you were asked to do a survey. I want to encourage you to do that survey. We'd love to know uh, the information we want to know about who you are, what you're thinking, what you're wanting, and how we can serve you better. So... Let me encourage you to take a few minutes uh, this week and do that survey for us. Can I get an amen? Um, Colossians chapter 3. Turn to the person next to you and say, do you got it yet? <laughs> it's in the New Testament. Some of you all by Genesis looking around. <laughs> it's that way, not that way. <laughs> It's like saying, I'm going to go to L.A. and you start driving south. Take a long time to get there. Um, I get One of the probably the most often asked questions is what happens when you die? What happens to you? And I say, well, if you're a non-Christian, it's different than if you're a Christian. If you die without Christ, you go to a place where you will never see him again. The Bible calls it hell. And then if you're a Christian, then the question becomes, which death? In other words, is it the death where you take your last breath? Or is it the death that happened when you got saved? Because when you got saved, you were crucified with Christ and you became dead in your transgressions and sins. I already died. I'm in eternity. How many of y'all have Jesus in your life? Amen. You're already dead to your sin. But you are alive to Christ. Um, Last week we started a series called Who Are You? Everyone say, Who Are You? Who are you? And we talked about how the devil's number one battle in your life is in your head. And the number one subject about that battle is who you are. And it's very important to you, for you to know who you are as a believer. So when the devil starts to lie to you and tell you who you are not, you can say, no, he is who I am. We talked about three different things. Say, I am. I am is your name, and we're going to talk about your name today as resurrected in Christ. I am, say I am. Then we talked about I have, say I have. Based on who you are, God has given you something, and then say I will. Based on who you are, God has given you something, and based on what he's given you, there's certain ways you're supposed to live. When someone asks you who you are, especially when the devil looks at you and says who you are, you need to say, I am, this is my name, here's what I have, and here's what I'm going to do. It's all based on being a kingdom warrior. Say I am. Say, I have. Say, I will. And because we were made in the image of God, last week we talked about God. And God in, in Exodus chapter 3 was talking to Moses about delivering the Israelites. And he said, I am that I am. I'm eternal. 
I have seen and visited the people and their pain. I have a vision and a compassion for my people and I will deliver them. God said, I am eternal, eternally past, eternally future, and I exist now. He says, I have a vision and understanding of the pain of my people, and I will deliver them. We are made in God's image. So all the names that we talk about and all the identities that we have are based on the identity of who God is, that we are eternal. We are a people of redemption. We are people who see other people's pain, and we are people who God wants to use to fulfill who he is. So everyone say, I am. Say, I have. Say, I will. Okay, let's look at Colossians chapter 3. Real quick, Colossians chapter 3. I'm just going to read this and then we're going to fill in the blanks and then we're going to come back. It says in verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died, you're already dead, and your life is hidden in Christ. You have been raised with Christ. Matter of fact, let's look in your, look in your lesson plan. Get your notes out because I want to fill this in and then we're going to go back to the beginning. Look at, take your notes out and, and here's three things you need to know about who you are as Christ, as a believer. As soon as you get saved, this is what happens. Number one, I am resurrected in Christ. Write that in, resurrected in Christ. You are resurrected in Christ. Everyone say, I am resurrected. Very resurrected is R-E-S-U-R-R-E-C-T-E-D. It's not a word we write a lot. I am resurrected. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Number two, I have direct access to the throne of God. Say amen to that. You need to know that. You not, don't walk around defeated. You have direct, we're going to talk about this in a minute, direct access to the throne of God. We'll get to that in a minute. And number three, I will, I must, I have to develop the mind of Christ. Understand this very clearly. You can feel the Holy Spirit all you want. You can sing songs all you want. By the way, please pursue all that. But when you, right before and as you make decisions, it's about what you are thinking. Thinking is a spiritual activity. And the devil wants to get you in your thinking. Because your decisions and actions are based on your thoughts that precede them. And so if I am resurrected in Christ and I have direct access to the throne of God, I need to think about that. You ever talk to somebody and they're sitting there, you're talking to them and, and you're having a conversation but, and they may even be looking at you but you can tell their mind is somewhere else. Get, say amen if you know what I'm talking about. They're daydreaming or whatever you want to call it but they're, they're not with you. Their mind is somewhere else. Are you following me? Uh, what we're going to talk about today, I want, you to, I want you to understand if there's anything you get out of today and this whole series, by the way, is I want you to get your mind daydreaming about the things of God. There's so many, um, so much in the news about sexual harassment and all the women who have experienced that. And I know the devil, I know the devil. <laughs> How many of y'all know the devil real well? And he will mess with your mind, something that happened 10, 20, 30 years ago. And he will heap shame and guilt over you. Let me speak 
hope and a rebuke to that lie, ladies, that the devil will speak to you. And pray peace and release over your life. That you would cast your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you and say, Lord, here's my pain. Tell him in every descriptive word if you can of your pain and your anger. Say, Lord, please help me and not believe the lies of the devil. Because where the devil's going to get you is right here. And in all the things that we go through every single day, where people say this, people say that, it's going to be how you process that information and those feelings and, those, and, and what you think you're experiencing, your emotions, your mind is going to process this. You have to have the mind of Christ. So what we talk about today, you have to say, I got to think about this all day. In January, I'm going to do a series on prayer, and it's called um, Our Daily Bread, and I'm going to talk about praying just for today. Today, not worrying about tomorrow. Thank God for yesterday. That's cool, but we're going to focus on praying today. And all day, Lord, what do, I need to, what do I need to think right now? Dear Lord, what do I need to feel right now? Dear Lord, what decision do I need to make right now, today? Today. So I want to read a couple of verses to you. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. To set the stage, this is, uh, matter of fact, get, get your lesson plan. Number one, did I, give you, I gave you a lesson plan. Look at Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, my brethren... Whatever things are true, everyone say true. Whatever things are noble. By the way, if you're in Colossians, right before Colossians, Philippians. Whatever things are true. Whatever things are noble, 4 verse 8. Whatever things are just. Whatever things are pure. Whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report. If there's any virtue and anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What is this saying to us? That all day long I need to meditate. God loves me. God will never forsake me. God has a plan for my life. I have been resurrected in Christ. I have direct access to, access to the throne of God. I am in Christ. I am a new creature. This is why you need to memorize scripture. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Holy Spirit, encourage me. I acknowledge your presence. Please reveal to me what God has already given me. You need to meditate on this stuff. If you are meditating on what's on the news, if you are meditating what's on the radio, if you are meditating on gossip, if you are meditating on your problems and, and all the things the devil says you're not and that you don't have and that you will never do, if you meditate on those things, the fruit of those thoughts will bring death. This is, this, is, this is the crux of this whole series. Because who you are is established. Now you need to start believing it and understanding it. Turn to 2 Corinthians, a few books before uh, Philippians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 6. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds are beliefs that you are enslaved by. How many of you have a belief about yourself that's negative that you can't get out of your head and out of your life and you can't shake it? Just raise your hand. Okay, so listen, this is nothing to be ashamed of. I'll be the first to raise my hand. I got it real high. So you don't need to do that because we're going to pray. You know, you're ugly, you're fat, you're a failure, you're dumb, you're always unorganized, and you mess up relationships. I mean, we can go on and on to the break of dawn because the devil has tons of them he puts in your head. How many of y'all got some of that in your head? Amen, amen. You need to take those thoughts like this and say, no. 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 Look what it says. 
That's a stronghold. It's like you're in bondage, enslaved to this, to this idea of who you are. This is where the, the battle is. And it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought, everyone say thought, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In other words, when a thought comes in your mind that says God doesn't love you, you say, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. That's not true. Make that obedient to Christ. No, God does love me. When a thought comes to your mind and says you're not a child of God, wait, 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 I accepted Christ. That's not true. When a thought comes to your mind and says you're going to fail, no, 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 I've already had victory. When a thought comes to your mind and says you're doomed and everybody's against no, God, if God is for me, who can be against me? You have to take those. This is, this is the battle. It's not about coming to church and getting a feeling. It's about you walking in your right mind with the mind of Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay, very good. Let's go, let's go back to um, our notes. Now, when I was uh, in high school, I was a, not really the greatest student, but in math and science, it, was, it came very easy to me. And therefore, I was going to be an uh, engineer. And my girlfriend in high school's father had an engineering firm in New York City. So I, he gave me a job like three or four summers in a row. And one of those summers, for three weeks, I went to Maine, uh, which is a state in the east coast of the United States, <laughs> way up north and right next to Canada. And I went there with two older men. They were really old. They were like 40. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was 19. I was in college. And uh, at this time, I was in college. And we had to survey uh, 12 miles of the Appalachian Trail, which is a trail that goes from the top of Mount Katahdin, which is in Millinocket, Maine. Has anybody ever heard of Millinocket, Maine? Anybody? It's like two, two people. It's way up there. And we had a survey 12 miles of, it's like mile three to, you know, 15 uh, it started at the top of this mountain of Mount Katahdin, which is over 5,000 feet high. And, but what we had a survey was in, in the jungle. And I say in jungle, in the forest. And so we slept in a tent. And it was in the summer. We had bug bites. It just like bug bites all over, just mosquitoes everywhere. You look like we had leprosy. And we'd have to go out and we'd walk in the woods and we'd survey. And, and survey means you, you mark a location and an elevation and latitude whatever, so it could go on a map. So we had a survey 12 miles of this trail. And every day we'd go in, survey some, and then walk out, go sleep. And we did that for three weeks. And we slept in this tent for three weeks. So three weeks, three of us guys slept in this tent. It was nasty. <laughs> it was hot. It was bugs. It was beavers. It was moose. It was all kind. Of, it was sticks and weeds and, you know, all kind of stuff. And we're walking in the next thing, there's a moose standing right there. And it's just, it was, it was it, but it was beautiful, but it was, you know, it was work. But what happened was, after we, after we surveyed the 12 miles, we had to connect it to the beginning of the trail which was at the top of the mountain, which was 5,000 feet up. And so we took a helicopter, went up, flew to the top of the mountain, and jumped out of the helicopter into the snow. Now, it was, it was in summertime at the bottom. And then we jumped into the helicopter, out of the helicopter, into the snow, pitched the tent, slept, and spent the night on the mountain, which was illegal because the weather changed so drastically. You could die and all kinds of stuff. But we, you know, I didn't, well, I'm 19. I don't care. So we jumped out, we, and, we, and, we, and then we had to walk all the way to the top of the mountain where it was just bare rocks. And what we had done, how many of y'all think that, don't believe this story is true, by the way? <laughs> Come on. Everything so far is 100% true, so far. And then 
we had a, we, what we had done is that we, when we surveyed the trail, at the very beginning of the trail, we cut a hole in the forest. And when I say cut a hole, just some branches so we can put a, a bright orange tarp that, that had straight view to the top of the mountain. So when we got to the top of the mountain, we could take a laser and shoot that spot and connect it to the top of the mountain. Are you following me so far? Okay, okay. If you don't follow me, just kind of imagine a mountain and enjoy that scene and forget everything else. And so... We had all these spots of these orange tarps, like they were miles away, but we're on top of the mountain, and we went to the top of the mountain. So we went, we went, well, when we got to the top of the mountain, we got to see the whole valley. It was, we woke up above the clouds. And, and, and by the way, we prayed the clouds would leave because we had to see the, the, the ground. And the clouds did leave. The forest ranger came up and said, you guys are illegally up here, but I said, I, Talk to him. I'm just a kid. And, uh, uh, but we went all the way to the very, very top where it was just a rock. And at the very, very top, there was a, a little metal seal that was stamped into the rock that said, this is the beginning of the trail. And we put our, our instrument right on top of that, and we looked down at that thing. But from the top of the mountain, you could see the whole valley. The perspective was so different. There was no bugs. The weather was cold, but then it got warm, but it was, it was a whole different climate. It was a whole different perspective. It was a whole different view. Look what it says here in Colossians. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Whew, right here. I'm on top of the mountain. Now, how many of y'all got drama in your life? Ain't no drama up here. How many of y'all got people hating on you? Ain't no hating up here. You have to have your mind and believe that as Christ seats at the right hand of the Father, figurative, literally, Christ is everywhere, we all know that, but it's, you just get, get the picture. And as he sits on the throne of God, at the right hand of the Father, having direct access to the Father. The Bible says, by the way, that Christ intercedes for us. Hebrews chapter 7. Constantly is praying for you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is praying on your behalf. The Bible says there's no condemnation between you and God. No condemnation. And so if, figuratively, I'm Christ, but now Miles is in Christ because I have been raised with Christ because I've been saved. I am here with Christ. He says, don't think about those things on the ground. Those things are gonna, those things are gonna burn. Those things are gonna, they, they, they don't determine anything up here. I want you to, I want to read something from Revelation about what's happening up here because often we get distracted with what we see, with what we hear. All of our senses, our sight, our, our, our hearing, our taste, our sense of temperature, all that stuff receives and processes information. We receive the information and our brain processes it. But our choice is to take all that information and let it go in our brain. But our decision is to, make, is to submit all that information to the Spirit of God. And say, Lord, I don't have any money. Lord, I'm sick. Lord, I have, my friends are against me. What do you say? He says... We're sitting here at the right hand of the Father. He ain't got no worry. He's going to take care of you. 
He's all-powerful. He's almighty. He loves you. There's nothing he can't do. He's eternal. He's, he's the great I am. He has a vision for your life. He's going to deliver you. That's what you need to be thinking about because you're right here. You're not way over here on the ground going, God, I don't know where you're at. Please help me. He said, fool, get up and come sit over here with me and so you can see what's going on and come up on the mountain. And when you see everything that's going on, your mind is going to change. This is what you got to have in your mind. I want to read something to you. I want to read something to you. This is, this is I mean, heaven is... We, no one really knows what heaven looks like. We just got words that could describe it, but the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard. The mind cannot, we, can, we can't conceive. Do you know that sound is a vibration in the air? And there are animals that can sense that vibration. Matter of fact, that's how bats see. Bats see through echolocation. What that means is that bats emit a sound. You can't hear it. It's really hard to hear. It's at a different frequency that people can't hear. And the sound is a vibration in the air. And the vibration goes out and bounces off what's around it. And then when it comes back, the bat receives the vibration back and forms an image about what's in front of him. What? Praise God. That's how bats see. It's a fact. But you and I can't see that. You know there's stuff that, that goes on around us on the earth that we can't perceive? Imagine what's in heaven. You have to have your mind here. And look what it says. I want you to read. Matter of fact, close your eyes. Let me just read. You can read it if you want. It's a lot. But, but if you want, I want you to close your eyes and see if you can visualize this. This is Revelation chapter 4. This is John speaking. It says, after these things, I looked and behold, chapter, one, chapter 4, Revelation, verse 1. After these things, I look and behold a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking, saying, come up here and I will show you things which must, takes, which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like jasper and sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne, 24 thrones and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. And, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightning and thundering and voices. By the way, people um, sometimes will say, you know, church, we got all these lights and smoke. This is, this is where it comes from, baby. We're talking about lightning and thunder. How many of y'all like, like, like lightning and thunder? It's awesome. You know what lightning and thunder is to me? God going, <clears throat> don't forget me. You know, just <clears throat> lightning and thunderings and voices. Verse 5, seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne, around the throne, were four living creatures full of eyes, front and back. And the first living creature was like a lion. The second was like a calf. The third was like a face of a man. The fourth was a creature like a flying eagle. By the way, those, those symbols represent the themes of the four Gospels. And they also correlate to some zodiac signs, but that's a whole other thing. And it says in verse, because God put the constellations in the sky, by the way. God put the constellation in the sky. And by the way, I just heard the, the zodiac signs change. They added some more. It tells you how fickle you are. So if you used to be Aries, you're not anymore. So all this year you've been reading the wrong horoscope. <laughs> That's why you don't need to read that stuff. Verse 8. 
four living creatures having six wings full of eyes all around with them, within them. And they did not rest day and night. Here's what they said. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by you they exist and were created. Everybody say, I am. You are resurrected in Christ. If you've never given your life to Christ, we are going to give you that opportunity in a few minutes. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the penalty of sin is death, physical death, spiritual death. If you die without Christ, yes, this will die. But then you who are eternal will go someplace where God is not. Back when I used to use cocaine, my cocaine buddy didn't get saved when I got saved. And I would invite him to church and he would always tell me no. And then he said to me one day, if it hadn't been for people like me, sinners who are out there womanizing and doing cocaine and getting high every day, you as a pastor wouldn't have a job. And I said to him, brother, that may be true, but you don't want to be that guy. Because if that guy or you say all your life, God, I don't want to have anything to do with you, when you die, God will say, you got it. That's called hell. People say a loving God would not send people to hell. No, a loving God has to send people to hell because he loves you and doesn't want to violate your, your choice to reject him. So if you rejected him, he's not going to force himself on you. He's going to send people like me to yell at you and try to get you to, to repent. <laughs> not yell at you, but yell so you can hear it. But at the same time, if you die and say, God, I don't want you, God says, you know, because I love you, I will grant your wish. And you, you will go to a place where you never hear about the, any love of God, any comfort from God. And so the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The penalty is death, physical, spiritual, eternal separation from God. But if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be resurrected immediately. The Bible says when you are crucified with Christ, you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. Christ lives in me. The Holy Spirit is in me. It is now my choice to submit and surrender to that power and that reality. It is my choice to acknowledge the fact that I am seated at the right hand of the Father. Let's look at Colossians 3 one more time. We got to read this one more time. Let's read it one more time. Colossians 3, just so we get it. Colossians 3, number, uh, verse 1, it says... If you were raised with Christ, say, I am raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Two books before Colossians is Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Verse 4. Ephesians 2. Two books before Colossians. It says, but God, verse 4 Ephesians 2, 4, God who was rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trans, our trans, trespasses, he made us alive 
together with Christ, for by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. You have to believe that this is where you are. Physically, you're down here. Most of you may be down here, but you need to remind yourself day in and day out, I've been raised with Christ. I am resurrected with Christ. I have direct access to the Father because Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Father, you are right here. He's not way up there somewhere. He is right next to you because he is everywhere, wherever you're at, work, home, park, hospital. He is right there with you by faith. You access this Father who loves you, has a vision for your life, and say, Father, help me. Give me wisdom. How do I love that person? How do I tolerate that person? <laughs> how do I accept my own sin? How do I carry this burden? Father, can you help me? This should be your posture all day. This is not where you come. This is Christian's biggest mistake. They say a little prayer and say, okay, God, help me, and then they leave. And do, go about their whole day and go, wait. No, no, no. Don't ever leave. The Bible says pray without ceasing. I'm staying right here. I'm not even praying from here. I'm praying like this. And the Bible says when Jesus looks at me, he looks, he sees me through. When the father looks at me, he sees me through his son, Jesus. I'm forgiven. I'm righteous. He's not looking over here going, what's up with you? He's saying, I see my son. Oh, yeah, I see Miles in there. I love my son so much. I love, that's why the Bible says if you ask anything in Jesus' name, you'll get it. What does that mean? Does that mean if you ask anything according to God's purpose for your life and by faith in the power of God, God the Father, why wouldn't he give those good things to those he loves who ask him? This is who you are. Say, I am resurrected. Say, I have direct access to the throne. Say, I must de develop the mind of Christ. Let's all pray. Lord, Father, thank you for this faith, your faithfulness in our life. Thank you for everyone listening right now. Lord, there are so many people who have given their life to you. I pray that they would think on these things that you love them you have amazing plans for their life you have chosen to remember their sins no more so I pray for all those believers that we would meditate on that day and night that we would develop a mind the mind of Christ who isn't tripping on anything but, Lord, there may be some people listening in one of our campuses, online in a microsite somewhere. Maybe they're sitting in their closet hiding, but they're listening on their phone, their computer. The Bible says God loves you. He's not mad at you. He's brokenhearted that you haven't trusted him with your life. But if you would like to trust him with your life, he would love to forgive you right now. If you believe that you're a sinner, you believe that the penalty of sin is death, but you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead and that he's seated at the right hand of the Father,
and that he loves you. And you would like to ask him to forgive you, give you resurrection life, raise you up to be seated in heaven with him. I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. By faith, pray, dear God, I believe you love me. I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to die. I believe he rose. I believe he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Come live in my heart. Be my Savior and my Lord and my God. I surrender my life to you. I want to be seated in heaven. I want resurrection life. I want full access to the throne of God. I surrender my life to you. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand up if you prayed that prayer. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, someone asked me last week, why do people walk forward at the altar call? I said, that is symbolic of them resurrecting like Jesus resurrected on the third day and walked out of the tomb. They are walking away from their old life. In a second, I'm going to ask you, if you prayed that prayer to ask Jesus to be your Savior, to stand up in your own way, you are resurrecting into new life. If you would like someone to stand with you because you came here with someone, I just want you to squeeze their hand or their shoulder, whatever it is. And by doing that, you are letting them know you would like them to stand with you to encourage you. So whatever campus you're in, microsite, if you're watching online, if you prayed that prayer to ask Christ to be your Savior, and you're saying you want to be seated at the right hand with Jesus in heaven, you want full access to the throne of God and you're ready to to develop the mind of Christ. I am, I have, I will. On the count of three, I want you to pray. I want you to stand to your feet. On the count of three, you're gonna resurrect to new life. One, two, three, stand to your feet. God bless you, very good, God bless you, 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 stay standing, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, very good, stay standing, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. Now we're going to ask all those people who are standing, we're going to ask all those people who are standing to come forward in a minute. And as they come forward, let's give all of them a big hand and encourage them. Just come out of your seat. Come up forward. That's okay. God bless you. God bless you. Stay right there. God bless you. Stay right there. Here you go. Let's say hi to that guy right here. God bless you. God, just face me. There we go. God bless you. God bless you. Let's give those people a big hand. Come on. Come on. Let's give them a big hand. God bless you. 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 Come on. Let's give them a big hand. Come on. You may be seated. Come. 
I'm sorry. Come on. Come on now. Let's give him a curse. Let's encourage him. God bless you. 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 Everyone say my minds. Say my minds. If we can commit to thinking the right things, not what we feel, but what this says, and that God loves every single one of you and has a plan for your life. God loves every single one of you and has given you access to wisdom and love and encouragement that doesn't exist in a bottle of beer. It doesn't exist in a movie. It exists only through the Spirit of God. And if we can think about that all day long and remember that's who you are, that's what you have, and that's what you should do, your life will change. But it has to be every day. It can't be now. I'm going to wait two more weeks. Every day. Lord, I pray for all these people standing here. I thank you for their faith. I thank you for their courage. I pray you bless them and honor their faith to come forward. And Lord, I pray for all of us that we would develop the mind of Christ. So we can learn and understand who we are and what we have. And what you want us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a right turn and walk this way. Let's give him a hand. Come on, let's give him a big hand. Come on. Bible says that when one sinner repents, the angels rejoice. I don't know what that's like, but I know it's awesome. Uh, I just want to encourage us, and I don't feel this way. I don't feel that you are doing this. I'm just excited about every week we get to cheer people, that we never get tired of that. Can I get an amen? That's awesome. That's awesome. Therefore, next week, bring somebody. And I want you to think, if you ever have a thought in your head, well, they will never come. Or they will never get saved. That's the devil. Just ask by faith. See how many times you can get turned down. Because once you see it, you get turned down five and six times and realize, you know what? I'm not dead. I'm not, my life isn't destroyed. You will stop fearing getting turned down. And keep asking and invite some people to church as we go towards Christmas. Amen. Do the survey, please, so we can know what, who you are out there and what, how we can serve you better. My brother, my pastor. Can we thank Pastor Amen. Miles for that Amen. message? Amen. Amen. So I want to close with a couple of announcements, and I'm going to highlight a little bit about the survey that he was talking about. A couple of weeks ago, we got to talk about community and how important communication is as a part of that. And anybody who has a family or if you have a job or you're working in a relationship, you know that communication is vital. And we need your help. We have a survey that we're spreading across all of our campuses for our entire church. And if you text SURVEY to 52525, we'll send you a link. And we really need 100% participation. This survey is going to help us understand how to better serve you, helps us know who's coming here, who we're responsible for, 
and it just helps us engage one another better. And for doing so, we're going to be able to send you guys a $5 coupon for the bookstore. But more important than that, we want to know how we can be a better church, how we can partner together. What are the things that you guys are looking for? So it's really important that you guys share your honest feedback. It's anonymous, so you won't have to worry about, you know, anything that you feel that you might see that needs to change. Anything that you want to share, this is the time to do it. So we're grateful to have this opportunity and to do that. So once again, the link is, the word is survey, and it's to 52525. A few other things before we close. Uh, Christmas weekend is coming, and it's going to be a huge deal. So we've got three opportunities for you guys to get involved. Everybody say Friday. Friday is our Christmas edition of Floodgate. So that's going to be December 22nd, 7 p.m. I get to work with Pastor Danny, who heads up our worship department. This is going to be an opportunity you don't want to miss. Make sure you invite your friends. We've had two of these, and they've been incredible, life-changing. We've seen people get healed um, just at our, our amazing all-campus worship night. So Friday is our Floodgate at 7 p.m., December 22nd. Saturday, the very next day, December 23rd, we're having a Christmas family service. So we've done this the past couple of years, and it's incredible. Last year, we had all the pastors on stage, and Pastor Ricky's daughter stole the show. I don't know if you guys remember that, but she's like four years old, and it was incredible. Um, this is a family service. So we want you guys to invite your family uh, into the sanctuary. There's not going to be child care, and it's going to be at every campus. So that's the Saturday night service. And then on Sunday, Christmas Eve, December 24th, we're going to have our regular 8, 10, 12, and 6 p.m. I want to remind you guys again about our life class. If you are interested in learning more about how God's designed you, you want to take the next step in the journey of faith, go to our life class. We've poured in a lot of resources and capabilities so that you feel like you can figure out exactly what God's called you to do. It's a great way to be a part of our church, to learn more about the mission and vision of our church as well. And this Saturday, Saturday morning prayer will be canceled because of Toys for Joy. So across all of our campuses, there will not be Saturday morning prayer. Sign up for Toys for Joy. Bring a toy. Drop it off in the lobby. We really want to make sure you guys are a part of what we're doing to reach those families in San Diego. Lastly, we have a brand new wall outside, and it says Christmas. And we want you guys to take a moment, think about how God has blessed you, how this church might have, have blessed you this year, and write a little story or a testimony. We want to hear from you. Amen. Can we do that? All right. Awesome. I'm going to pray for us as we leave. God, thank you so much for your son, the anticipation that we get during Christmas time, remembering that you gave your one and only son for us. And as we remember that, Lord, I pray that we would share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. That that would be the number one thing that we will be obedient to this Christmas season. We love you and we thank you for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys need prayer for any reason, please come to our PST. They would love to partner with you. Have a good afternoon.